You are listening to the February 2024 edition of The Postal Record, the magazine of the National Association of Letter Carriers. On page four is, Minneapolis letter carriers declare enough is enough. All of us are angry, NALC President Brian L. Renfro told a crowd in Minneapolis, Minnesota on January 7th. We are furious. Our members are under attack. Since 2022, Region 7, which includes Minnesota, Wisconsin, North Dakota, and South Dakota, has seen more than 30 attacks and robberies targeting letter carriers. That includes the shooting death of Milwaukee Branch 2 letter carrier Andre Cross in December 2022. In mid-November, two Minneapolis carriers were robbed at gunpoint within 24 hours of each other. Fortunately, in these two cases, nobody was physically harmed, but the trauma lives, Branch 9 Executive Vice President Joseph Tymon said at the latest Enough is Enough rally. This is something that a letter carrier should never have to experience. We're working longer hours now because of the staffing and stuff like that. So now, a lot of times we're working, it gets dark, Region 7 National Business Agent Patrick Johnson told the crowd of Twin Cities carriers at the rally. You've got to pay attention when you're delivering in the dark, but now you've got to watch over your shoulder for violent criminals to come and attack you for an arrow key. Branch 9 veteran carrier and shop steward Manon Wojak said carriers want to go home safely and noted that she doesn't feel safe on a daily basis. Unfortunately, it's an epidemic seen throughout the United States. More than 2,000 letter carriers have been victims of violent crime. This is a growing problem, not just here in the Twin Cities or in the state of Minnesota, but around the country, Renfro said. It's unacceptable, it's appalling, and it's out of control. No workers should ever live in fear while they're doing their job. This violence against our members must stop. We're here because this violence should come with an increase in protection, awareness, and community. But instead, as is often the case, it feels like we only have one another, Renfro added. The NALC president noted that, of those 2,000 cases, only 14% have led to an arrest in federal prosecution. Prosecutions that occur at the local level include penalties that are not as severe as those available to federal prosecutors. It takes a joint investigation among the Postal Inspection Service, the U.S. Attorney's General Office, and a local police force to hand the case to federal prosecutors. That, combined with the low number of such cases being prosecuted in the first place, reduces the deterrence to potential lawbreakers who aim to attack letter carriers. Do you know what message that sends to people on the street? Renfro asked. Our members are left to defend themselves because the Postal Inspection Service is not doing its job and the Department of Justice is failing to prosecute the criminals responsible. Renfro called on the Inspection Service's leaders to do more. Times have drastically changed and methods for protecting our members while we do our job must reflect the current circumstances. In addition to more frequent and stronger prosecutions, President Renfro said that NALC would like to see newer technological versions of the arrow keys that criminals often are after. He added that NALC is working with members of Congress on legislation to help speed up these improvements. He vowed that NALC would make such legislation NALC's top priority in Congress. The rallies are part of NALC's effort to get out a multifaceted message to the Postal Service to better protect letter carriers on their routes, to locally based federal prosecutors to take these cases and apply the harsh federal penalties, federal penalties that local prosecutors do not have available, to residents to alert authorities if they see anything worrisome, and to preserve evidence such as doorbell and other surveillance videos for use by investigators, and to their elected representatives to be aware of the need for solutions. Another way NALC is getting out the message is through interviews with reporters for local and regional TV broadcasts, radio shows, newspaper articles, and online news outlets about the surge in violence nationwide. Having the letter carrier perspective as a central element in these media reports increases community awareness of the issue and helps strengthen NALC's push for solutions. That is especially so because of the widespread public support for letter carriers who in poll after poll for years have topped the list of the most trusted and highly regarded federal employees. President Renfro called on local branches to hold rallies 
such as the ones held in various cities in preceding months. Branch leaders are encouraged to contact their national business agents' offices for information and material to help organize a rally or for help contacting the media to amplify our message to their communities. Events like these make a difference and bring awareness to this growing problem, he said. I encourage all NALC branches, especially in areas that are experiencing an uptick in crime, to mobilize and plan similar events. When we all come out with a unified message, we are heard. MDA March Branch Challenge It's time for the March MDA Challenge. MDA has registered all branches, which means that every branch has its own webpage for the 2024 campaign. Branches can confirm that their branch has been registered at mda.donordrive.com slash event slash NALC 2024. If your branch is not registered, please contact Sabrina Allen of MDA at 312-392-1100 or at NALC at mdausa.org. For the March campaign at the end of the month, the top 10 NALC fundraising branches will receive recognition. Those branches that raise $500 or more with an online fundraising campaign will receive special prizes. All checks must be sent with an allocation form to Muscular Dystrophy Association, Attention NALC, P.O. Box 741-0354, Chicago, Illinois, 60674, 0354. Please remember to send Assistant to the President for Community Services, Christina Vela Davidson, copies of all items sent to MDA so that branches can receive proper credit for the 2024 campaign. Allocation forms are available on the NALC website at nalc.org slash community dash service slash body slash pdf dash 2023 dash nalc dash allocation dash form dash one dash one dot pdf. If branches want any events to be shared in the magazine or posted on social media, please send photos and information to davidson at mdma at nalc.org or davidson at nalc.org. The MDA honor roll containing a final listing of all branch MDA contributions for 2023 will be in the April issue of the Postal Record. RGA appointed. President Brian L. Renfro appointed Chris Kalisa of Greater East Bay, California, Branch 1111, as a regional grievance assistant for Region 1, California, Hawaii, Nevada, and Guam. Kalisa began his postal career in Concord, California in 1998. He has served the union in many capacities, from steward and branch executive council member to Customer Connect representative, EEO representative, dispute resolution team member, and arbitration advocate. He served as fourth vice president of his branch from 2010 to 2012 and as third vice president from 2013 to 2015. Kalisa has worked as a local business agent and as a national assigned assistant for Region 1 since 2016. Recently, he was re-elected as 4th Vice President of Branch 1111. On page 6 is Stay Safe in Cold Winter Weather. One year ago, in February 2023, Old Forge, New York, saw the coldest U.S. temperature recorded all year, minus 36 degrees Fahrenheit, according to Forbes. Though most letter carriers are unlikely to experience weather like that this month, it's important to be aware of the dangers that cold temperatures and conditions present to those who work outdoors. NELC Director of Safety and Health, Manuel L. Peralta Jr., said that one of the biggest problems when it comes to cold weather are the slips and falls that can occur in snowy and icy conditions. The chance of injury that comes along with icy conditions might be drastically reduced when proper protocols are followed, but when carriers are not provided with proper training, clothing, and safe working environments, icy conditions have caused serious injuries and even death in some cases. Peralta pointed to an incident that occurred in March 2014 when Leo Sukarski, a Buffalo Western New York Branch 3 letter carrier, died after falling and hitting his head in the partially unplowed parking lot of the post office where he worked. The Buffalo Post Office had failed to move the trucks when the parking lot was plowed, leaving slippery conditions in certain areas of the lot. Peralta said that the Postal Service's failure to follow protocols for cold weather conditions was the cause of Sugarski's death. 
In addition to safety measures being followed, it's important to have proper clothing so that cold weather-related conditions such as frostbite and hypothermia don't occur. Cold weather conditions. It is critical to be well prepared and to be aware of the risks that can occur if someone is not properly dressed and is unprepared for the weather while spending prolonged periods outdoors. One cold condition to be aware of is hypothermia, which causes the body to lose heat faster than it can be produced, resulting in body temperature drops. It also can lead to decreased brain function, making it challenging to recognize signs of the condition. Early symptoms to look for include shivering, fatigue, confusion, and loss of coordination. Late symptoms that can be present are blue skin, dilated pupils, slowed pulse, and breathing and loss of consciousness. In chilling weather, it's also important to be on the lookout for frostbite. Most typically affecting the nose, ears, fingers, toes, chin, and cheeks, frostbite is common in improperly dressed outdoor workers, and the risk is increased in those with reduced blood circulation. To catch early signs of frostbite, be aware of reduced blood flow to hands or feet, numbness, tingling, stinging, aching, and bluish or pale skin. In extreme cases, afflicted areas may need to be amputated, so it's critical to be equipped for the weather. Another related condition, trench foot, can occur when feet are cold or wet for long periods of time. It can arise in temperatures up to 60 degrees, so wearing proper foot gear to ensure dry feet is necessary even in warmer temperatures. With trench foot, skin tissue on the feet eventually begins to die and blood vessels shut down circulation to feet. Symptoms of trench foot include numbness, leg cramps, redness, swelling, tingling pain, blisters, ulcers, bleeding under skin, and gangrene. Lastly, chillblains are caused by repeated exposure to temperatures slightly above freezing to temperatures around 60 degrees. Chillblains is a skin condition that leads to skin becoming red and itchy. The condition is permanent and will flare up upon additional cold exposure. Common infection sites are cheeks, ears, fingers, and toes. Prevention the first rule of cold weather is to prevent hypothermia or frostbite by wearing the right clothing and consuming warm food and drink, Peralta said. The second rule is to know the signs and to get to a warm place if the cold is getting the best of you. Warm up in your vehicle or a warm place on your route when you need to, and if you're experiencing problems, immediately contact your supervisors or dial 911 if you feel it's an emergency. According to the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, it's important to wear at least three layers of loose-fitting clothing for better insulation and blood circulation. The inner layer should consist of wool, silk, or synthetic moisture-wicking material. The middle clothing layer should consist of wool or synthetic materials for insulation in wet conditions. Finally, the outer layer should be a jacket that protects from wind and rain while also providing ventilation. Accessories could include a hat that covers ears, as well as insulated gloves and waterproof boots. OSHA emphasizes that it's crucial to wear clothing that keeps you dry and ventilated while keeping extra clothing on hand in case of emergency. If you have any additional cold weather uniform items that are sitting in a closet, we ask you to gift or loan them to our new employees, Peralta said. Let's all help each other get through another winter safe and sound so we can enjoy carrying the mail next spring. For more information, visit neoc.org slash workplace hyphen issues slash safety hyphen and hyphen health. On page 14 is Proud to Serve, Honoring Heroic Letter Carriers. Heroism, like the mail, comes in many packages. Think of police officers or firefighters. But for some citizens in need of assistance, their heroes come in the form of concerned letter carriers. Letter carriers are members of nearly every community in this nation and know when something is wrong. Spotting fires and injuries, they often are the first to respond. The following stories document their heroism. For them, delivering for America is all in a day's work. Carrier saves unconscious UPS driver from crash. May 9, 2023 was a hot spring day in Concord, California, and Jack Roy, a 30-year member from Greater East Bay Branch 1111, was on his route. As he pulled into a suburban neighborhood, a UPS truck driver drove by on the other side of the street, so Roy waved at her and she waved back. A few hours went by and Roy was driving out of a three-house cul-de-sac when he saw the same driver crossing in front of him. He couldn't see her face, but nonetheless, he waved again. This time, she didn't wave back. Her head was facing up and Roy said, I thought she was reading something. Maybe there was some information there. He soon realized that she was driving only a few miles per hour. 
When he saw the truck going at a weird angle toward the house adjacent to it, Roy put his truck in park, got out, and sprinted after the UPS truck. Roy had been training for the Dipsia race, a 7.4-mile challenge run, for the previous few months, so he utilized his running skills and quickly reached the UPS truck. He found the driver unconscious and foaming at the mouth, her upper body dangling off the right side of the seat, held in only by her seatbelt. He said he immediately steered the wheel away from the house and then grabbed the gear shift, the gear shift and slammed it into park. I'm like, this is out of a movie, Roy said. A passerby came and helped the letter carrier lift the driver upright so Roy could turn off the vehicle. The man called emergency services, which soon arrived to tend to the incapacitated driver. Roy later found out that the homeowner had no idea that his house nearly had a UPS truck-shaped hole in it. This wasn't Roy's first heroic act as a letter carrier. In the 1990s, he received an award for heroism for saving a man who was nearly pinned to death by a car he was working on. Couple saved from fire under their porch. Jonah Carey, whose route is in Batavia, New York, was picking up an additional route one dry summer day in 2022 when he spotted smoke billowing from underneath the porch of a single-family home. It didn't strike me as something that should normally be there, the five-year letter carrier from Buffalo Western New York Branch 3 said. Realizing that the front door was on fire, he knocked on the front door, but there was no answer, so Carey called the fire department on his cell phone. Then I decided I might as well try another door. So Carey went to the back door and knocked again, but still no response. He knocked one more time, and this time a woman answered the door. She had been vacuuming the basement and hadn't heard the door the first two times. Carrie told her about the fire, so she went to wake up her boyfriend, who was sleeping in another room, while Carrie scooped up one of her small dogs. The couple and their dogs were able to leave, and Carrie stayed to answer a few questions from the police, then returned to his route. Carrier sees fire in two-unit house. Tim Matson was ending his route in Jamestown, New York, in December 2023, when he spotted smoke escaping from a second-story window of a house divided into two apartments. The five-year member from Buffalo Western New York Branch 3 knew that no one lived in the apartment on the second floor, but that a man in poor health lived on the first floor. Matson quickly banged on the front door until the man opened the door. The man was confused as he walked out onto the porch. He didn't understand the urgency of the situation until he gazed upward. He looked up and he looks like he's in shock, Matson said. The second floor had become engulfed in flames, which soon spread to the rest of the house. Once the fire department arrived, Matson returned to his truck. The carrier said that the house had since been demolished and that the side paneling of the house next door was still charred as a result of the fire. Preschooler in PJs found outside during freezing temperatures. One bitterly cold morning in February 2022, Dominique Brooks, a two-year carrier, began her route at an apartment complex in Richmond, Michigan, when she saw a small boy in the parking lot waving at cars as they passed by, wearing nothing but his pajamas and socks in below zero degree temperatures. I thought it was strange, Brooks said. She looked around to see if he was with an adult, which he wasn't, and then went over to him, took her coat off, and wrapped it around the little boy. The Mount Clemens Branch 654 member then called the police and her supervisor. After a police officer and her supervisor arrived, the boy led them to where he lived. There, they discovered the little boy's parents were asleep. He had escaped to have his fun waving at cars in the parking lot, while only the letter carrier noticed. After that, I just continued to deliver on the route, she said. Carrier notifies tenant that his house is on fire. Christopher Sardinsky, a CCA since July, was delivering on a Sunday in Chictawaga, New York, when he turned onto a street and saw smoke coming all the way down the road. He thought that maybe someone had a fire pit going in their yard, but as he got closer, he realized that the house he was supposed to be delivering to was burning. The Buffalo Western New York Branch 3 member said he couldn't see flames, but he saw embers burning in the corner of the house producing smoke. You could see the heat coming from it, Sardinsky said. You could see the orange embers on burnt wood. A man wielding a 20-ounce water bottle was trying to put out the embers and smoke. Sardinsky told him he was going to call firefighters, but the water bottle-wielding man didn't want him to. Sardinsky called anyway. I felt like I needed to call because that was the right thing to do, Sardinsky said. 
After alerting emergency officials, Sardinsky carried on with his deliveries, starting with the woman who lived in the house and who, Sardinsky said, was still eager to receive her package. Eye on the Elderly On an early December 2023 morning in Grand Rapids, Michigan, the air was bone-chilling and there was snow and ice on the ground from a recent snowstorm. Wilma Daly, a 26-year carrier, was just starting her route when she saw an elderly man she knew on the ground, fully dressed with only slippers on his feet. The Branch 56 member didn't think she could get him back on his feet by herself because of his height, and she knew that he lived alone after his wife's death a few months earlier, so there was no one home to help. She began knocking on a neighbor's door, hoping to find someone to assist her. Unable to find anyone at that early hour, the man who had fallen suggested that they call 911. He thought it was the only way he would be able to stand back up, but Daly was able to find more immediate assistance when a FedEx driver arrived on the scene. The two of them managed to get the man onto his feet and help him to his garage. Daly said that the FedEx driver stayed with him after the incident to ensure that he was able to get into the house. Soon after, Daly knocked on the man's door to find him in a sling with a broken bone near his shoulder. Daly said, he was very appreciative of her assistance and had been able to get medical attention. On page 16 is Art That's Simply Gorgeous. Art has been in Mark Hoffman's DNA since he was a little kid. I can't remember when I didn't draw or do something, he said. And while he's always loved to draw Disney characters, what he puts them on has changed over the years. He's experimented with mediums over time, including painting on wood, and on Disney Vinylmation's figurines, three-inch or nine-inch vinyl figurines with Mickey Mouse-shaped heads. Disney created these things blank, he said. They came with markers, and the kids would draw on them. Then, all of a sudden, all these artists got a hold of it, and then it just kind of blew up. While he painted on Vinylmation's for a long time, he eventually came to Faber Gourds, those hard-shelled fruits often sold alongside pumpkins. Some varieties can be eaten, but they can also be dried and used to make items such as musical instruments, utensils, and decorative objects. Why gourds? People ask that all the time, the retired San Jose, California Branch 193 member said. It's really funny, because I used to do all these drawings and couldn't sell anything. So the artist and illustrator took what he was drawing on paper and vinylmations and put it on a gourd instead. It just kind of took off, he said of his business. So many people paint on paper and canvases. I didn't see anyone that really painted on gourds like that. He realized that the shape was similar to a snowman, so he began making some gourd snowmen as gifts, but he didn't sell them well at first either, Hoffman said. Then, a couple of years ago on Facebook, somebody posted a snowman that they had and said, I got this from Mark 15 years ago. All of a sudden, it just snowballed, he said. He's been making art on gourds ever since. They're lifelong keepsakes, Hoffman said, adding that they stay beautiful from year to year. I have some that are almost 25 years old and they still look the exact same as the day I painted them, he said. People are really surprised at how durable they are. He begins by cleaning the dried out gourd, sanding the hard shell and spraying it with a coat of white primer. He then creates the design with acrylic paint and then seals it with a finish. Creating on gourds isn't the same as paper. Sometimes you've got to draw it on there differently just because of how the shape is, because it's not like a flat piece of paper. You've got to go with the movement of the gourd, he said. Hoffman employs an assembly-lined approach when doing many pieces at once in his home studio, a converted bedroom, but the time it takes to complete each design varies. A Santa or snowman can be completed in a day, but more detailed scenes can take up to a week, he said, adding, it just depends. Now I have a whole lot more time because I'm retired. Hoffman, who retired in April 2023 after 22 years delivering mail, devotes his time to his art seven days a week. When inspiration strikes, he can keep it going into the morning hours. Sometimes you get painting and you could paint till 2, 3 in the morning, he said. He mixes it up for holidays such as painting an ostrich and goose eggs for Easter, and he painted poison apples and candy corn on various shaped gourds for Halloween last October. While Hoffman creates bulk orders of crowd favorites, he also takes commissions, which range in price from $75 to $500, depending on the complexity. A lot of people have the Santas and the Snowman, so I'm kind of changing it up. Right now, I'm working on one that has some California poppies on it that's a custom order for someone. 
He posts his creations on Facebook, accessible at markhoffman.com, as well as his Instagram feed at M-J-R-H-O-F-F-M-A-N-N. A lot of times, people just order off what I post, he said. His art has received international attention, too, garnering requests from Denmark, Australia, and Switzerland, and he's had many repeat customers. He's also begun attending craft fairs as a vendor to sell more. One of his most memorable commissions is from a woman to paint a memorial gourd for her father, featuring cars that he loved. But I'll try anything, he said, and I'll always say I'll send you a drawing first and then we'll tweak it if it needs to be. I mean, I wouldn't want to buy something if I didn't know what it was going to look like. For major holidays, he creates coloring pages for youngsters or adults to decorate. And three years ago, he illustrated a children's book, Little George and the Christmas Socks, for an author from New York. He was another Disney collector, and he found me through my Facebook page, Hoffman said. He said that he was looking for an illustrator, and I sent some ideas and some drawings, and he hired me. During the COVID-19 pandemic, he made yard signs with a little mushroom character that said, Stay strong, together we will get through this, to help spread hope in his community, and to raise funds for those in need. The signs got so popular that Hoffman then printed the image on greeting cards, t-shirts, and other items. He also painted small rocks with messages of inspiration. I would just drop them and leave them along the trail wherever I walked, and people were finding them, he said. Hoffman wants to keep his art hobby just that, a hobby. I don't want it to get so big that I can't keep up with it, but I also have a waiting list of people, he said. You have to be careful because then it becomes a job, and I think it loses something. I do it now because I love it. Even if no one saw it or bought it or anything, I could probably still do it, he said, before adding with a laugh but it is nice when they buy it. On page 18 is how LCPF and your state association works for you. For letter carriers, most contractual issues are dealt with locally with their stewards or branch officers. When larger issues arise, they might go to the National Business Agents, MBA office, or even NELC headquarters. But there are issues that can't be dealt with in collective bargaining and must be handled by Congress. There, on Capitol Hill, NEOC works with House and Senate members to secure the future of both the Postal Service and letter carrier jobs. To do this work, NEOC uses two tools, the Letter Carrier Political Fund, to help elect friends of letter carriers to Congress, and the NEOC State Associations, to help inform and educate the people elected to Congress about upcoming legislation. Paul Rossi, president of the Pennsylvania State Association of Letter Carriers, explains the importance of being involved in the legislative and political process by pointing to Article 43, Section 1 of the National Agreement. That section declares that Congress or the courts can change anything in the National Agreement. Rossi tells NELC members, whatever you have today could be gone tomorrow. And that's where the state associations come in. State associations exist in every state except Alaska, and they play a key role in NELC's legislative activities by developing valuable, positive relationships with each member of Congress. There's no better way to educate members of Congress and influence them to support letter carriers than having lawmakers hear the message from letter carriers who live and vote in their states or congressional districts. We deal strictly with our members of Congress, Alabama State Association President Antonia Shields said, trying to get bills passed that are in favor of letter carriers. Rossi says he gets support from Pennsylvania letter carriers by explaining the various pieces of legislation to them. These are the bills that are out there. This is how passing them will affect letter carriers. This is how not passing them or repealing them will affect letter carriers. This isn't a new role for letter carriers. Letter carrier activists have been doing the same for more than a century. In 1892, 41 letter carriers from 17 small Massachusetts cities met to discuss the equalization of wages, which they felt NELC wasn't doing enough about, and ultimately formed the Massachusetts Association of Letter Carriers of Second-Class Offices. By 1903, NELC had grown significantly, and state associations had been institutionalized as part of the union structure. The July 1903 poster record extolled the benefits of state meetings, including the promotion of mutual support, the sharing of opinions among branches, and the opportunity to meet with their members of Congress. Over the ensuing decades, state associations continued to hold trainings and educational seminars on all manner of letter carrier topics, with one of their primary responsibilities always having been to work on legislative issues. 
West Virginia State Association President Joe Payton, who has been the state president for an extraordinary 39 years, explained that beginning back in the 1980s, as a leader of the state association, he would travel to Washington, D.C. twice a year to be briefed by headquarters on the legislative agenda for letter carriers. They basically trained us on the legislative process, on the issues, he said, and then we made an attempt to go up on the hill and visit our legislators. In 2006, the state association's primary function of working on legislation and political issues was formalized. Delegates to the 65th Biennial National Convention in Las Vegas amended Article 1, Section 2 of the Annual C Constitution for the Government of State Associations to read as follows. Section 2. The objects of this association are to assist the National Association of Letter Carriers in maintaining a more perfect organization and improving the postal service to organize all letter carriers within the state, and to guide and direct all activities relating to legislation within the state. This association shall have the authority to coordinate with the national business agent regarding seminars and training schools on state, district, and branch levels, which shall be financed by the NELC and directed by the national business agent. Effective September 1, 2006, State Association financial resources previously expended on seminars and training shall be expended in pursuance of and consistent with the object stated above to guide and direct all activities relating to legislation within the state. To accomplish this, state associations have letter carrier congressional liaisons, LICLs, in place. LICLs are constituents responsible for maintaining a relationship with one member of the House or Senate and their office staff in their home districts to complement the work done by headquarters in Washington. The State Association provides the LICLs with the knowledge and resources needed to develop and foster these relationships. This is not an easy task, as some members of Congress will not make time for union representatives. So much of the State Association's work is done in this area. But it helps that NELC members match the makeup of their districts, which has allowed letter carriers to connect on commonalities and develop relationships with members of Congress across the political spectrum. We are a cross-section of society, Pennsylvania President Rossi said, and that helps in finding the right lickle to spread the message. We need to make sure the lickles are knowledgeable about our issues and also willing to stick to the messaging as well, Tim Fisher, president of the Arizona State Association, said. Ideally, they live in the district. They understand what our goals are as an organization. But understanding the message is not enough. Much of the work comes down to getting access, and that means finding lickles who can gain that access. You tailor things to each particular congressman, and you kind of watch who you are sending to meet with them, Rossi said. In Pennsylvania, we would send veterans, retirees, whatever. In a state dominated by conservative politics, such as Alabama, Shields has to get creative in selecting carriers who can get access. I look around the district and find someone who either knows one of their children, knows somebody in their family, or is some kin to them, she said. So when we go in, they say, hey, I played football with your son. Hey, I was a cheerleader with your daughter. The members of Congress definitely do listen a little bit more with their constituents because it means more to them, Wisconsin State Association President Don Aaron said. Their presence or lack of that tie can mean a vote won or lost. In West Virginia, Payton has learned that it can be just as important to develop a relationship with the congressional staff. If you get to a staff member, maybe they will get the message to the member, he said. He recently sent two new Lickles to meet with congressional staff back in West Virginia. He asked them to explain the importance of door-to-door -door delivery to the staff, personalizing it by asking the staff whether they want their grandparents to have to trudge through the snow to try to get the mail if there is no door-to-door -door delivery. Payton advised them not to introduce themselves as union members and to instead introduce themselves as letter carriers. They're interested in legislation that affects their customers, like door-to-door -door delivery, he said, adding that it helps the Wickles get a foot in the door and get to know the staff. Along those lines, Pennsylvania President Rossi said, Every year I tell them, find out if the staff is the same, reintroduce yourself, and say that you're staying in the role. Look up the staff or the representative. Where did they go to school? Did they do this? Did they do that? How the representative voted on various bills other than postal service bills. And then you go from there. Rossi also suggested finding out what the representative's areas of interest are, such as working on veterans issues or green energy, for example, and then trying to fit our needs into that framework, he said. Lickles should keep tabs on local opportunities and roundtables to remain engaged in more relaxed spaces. LPOs and the state association presidents can help identify those opportunities. With some members of Congress, it's about maintaining an already good relationship. 
We talk about different ways to reach our representatives, whether they're having a pancake brunch or a fundraiser, Wisconsin's Aaron said. Congresswoman Gwen Moore, Democrat from Wisconsin, invites us to her birthday party every year. Aaron also invites members of Congress to letter carrier events. It's a good bang for their buck, she said. You get 90-some people in one room. Most importantly, the wickle must be persuasive. West Virginia President Payton said, You've got to get the message to the member of Congress. What it is and what it means and how it's going to be beneficial. If you don't do that, you can't expect them to vote for it or support it. To help, NEOC President Brian L. Renfro appoints legislative and political organizers, LPOs, to assist state associations in promoting and protecting letter carrier interests on Capitol Hill. LPOs help develop and implement plans specifically designed for the legislative challenges within each state. They assist with the education and training of other letter carriers, officers, and rank-and-file activists to help carry out the plans. In practice, this often involves the LPOs sending information about legislation as it is being introduced to the state association and the MBAs. Aaron said that in Wisconsin, that means receiving reports from the LPO and sending them along to the Wickles. Most of the Wickles will communicate that information with the congressional staff, but Aaron stays on top of it. If I don't get a quarterly report or something, I'll reach out to them and be like, is everything okay? Do you need some help? She said. Fisher talked about receiving information from his LPO, John Beaumont, about the Social Security Fairness Act, H.R. 82. We got a meeting with Representative Andy Biggs, Republican from Arizona, 30 minutes after John gave us information about H.R. 82. In addition to communicating with members of Congress, state associations hold conventions and trainings. The education involved here often pertains to pending congressional resolutions or bills, to how letter carriers can participate in legislative activities, and to how the overall political environment affects our jobs, the workplace, and the Postal Service. We have our business agent come in and do training on legislation and bring our legislative person in from national to speak with us, Shields said of the Alabama conventions. In Arizona, the state association is running a retirement seminar this month. Fisher said he plans to use that training as a chance to talk to retiring letter carriers about relevant legislative issues and to encourage them to give to the Political Action Committee, PAC. NELC's PAC, the Letter Carrier Political Fund, LCPF, works to help elect candidates who will support letter carriers and their issues. The state associations help with that effort, communicating to our members the need for political contributions. Shields tells letter carriers, this is like life insurance for your job. It's job insurance. Fisher said that the conversation often becomes about which candidates NELC will support, but it's not about party. We're going to support anybody that supports our issues, he tells them. In West Virginia, Payton will go to a branch meeting and make the pitch for contributing to LCPF. Then he has help from his LPO in signing up members at the meeting to contribute. Once we make our speech, we can say, and sitting right back there at the table is Rob, and he can sign you up today. Because of the Hatch Act and its limits on what letter carriers can talk about on the clock, state association leaders have to find ways they can get the messages about legislation and politics to the NELC members in their state. I've been harping on this since the day I got in, Pennsylvania President Rossi said. You have to mention it at meetings. You have to send it in the newsletter. But you have to go further. And that's a process. Occasionally I'll go and stand outside of certain post offices in the morning and try to talk to people. As Arizona President Fisher phrased it, Honestly, I think that the reason that a lot of newer carriers aren't all that familiar with the state association is because even at branch meetings, it's not really something that comes up all that often, except when it's state convention time, or if you have someone on the state executive board who's there to kind of give a legislative update or something. Payton agreed, whether that's to communicate information to members, branch officers, legislators, or the public, one of our main roles is to be the messenger. You can be a part of that voice. Participation with your state association will provide you with training and information on local and statewide political efforts. New members bring fresh perspective, renewed energy, and unique ideas to these activities. Reach out to your local branch or state association to see how you can get involved. Though not as well recognized as contractual work, this can make a major difference to letter carriers. It's every bit as important as everything else that the union does, Pennsylvania President Rossi said. By making a contribution to the Letter Carrier Political Fund, you are doing so voluntarily with the understanding that your contribution is not a condition of membership in the National Association of Letter Carriers or of employment by the Postal Service, nor is it part of union dues. 
You have a right to refuse to contribute without any reprisal. The Letter Carrier Political Fund will use the money it receives to contribute to candidates for federal office and undertake other political spending as permitted by law. Your selection shall remain in full force and effect until cancelled. Contributions to the Letter Carrier Political Fund are not deductible for federal income tax purposes. Federal law prohibits the Letter Carrier Political Fund from soliciting contributions from individuals who are not NELC members, executive and administrative staff, or their families. Any contribution received from such an individual will be refunded to that contributor. Federal law requires us to use our best efforts to collect and report the name, mailing address, occupation, and name of employer of individuals whose contributions exceed $200 per calendar year. Any guideline amount is merely a suggestion, and an individual is free to contribute more or less than the guideline suggests, and the union will not favor or disadvantage anyone by reason of the amount of his or her contribution or decision not to contribute. On page 23 is Grow, Rise Together, the Letter Carrier Political Fund. The Letter Carrier Political Fund, LCPF, is NALC's Political Action Committee, PAC. Using funds donated voluntarily by NALC members and their families, the LCPF supports federal candidates who stand up for the interests of letter carriers, regardless of their political party. The political fund has protected and advanced the interests of letter carriers for decades. Just two years ago, the LCPF helped NALC gain enough allies in Congress to finally pass the Postal Reform Act. This law benefits letter carriers and strengthens the Postal Service in many ways. One of the most important was the end of the pre-funding mandate for retiree health care, which instructed the Postal Service to make billions of dollars in payments to the U.S. Treasury each year. The law also made six-day delivery permanent. But our work does not end with postal reform. New challenges always arise, and the LCPF must be as strong as possible to tackle the challenges ahead and continue supporting those who have supported us. Campaign fundraising is heavily regulated by federal law, so union dues cannot be used for political campaign contributions. As a result, LCPF relies only on voluntary contributions from our members. The political fund helps to ensure that Congress hears our voices when it makes decisions affecting our jobs and our lives. The LCPF is an essential tool for building NALC's influence on Capitol Hill. It provides direct support to federal candidates' as campaigns, giving them resources they need to communicate with voters and enabling NALC to interface in an unofficial capacity regularly. The old adage about the squeaky wheel is certainly true. We have a strong presence through our network of activists in every congressional district and in Washington. For candidates in some races, reaching voters can require millions of dollars, which means that candidates, incumbents, and challengers alike need help raising the funds they need. Most candidates rely on their allies for help, and that's where the LCPF comes in. The political fund ensures that our friends running for office can reach voters with their message. As letter carriers know, Congress has enormous power over the Postal Service and our sister postal unions. Our health care, our pensions, and even our collective bargaining rights have all been previous targets, and with a divided Congress, anything is possible. Our continued investment in supportive candidates is our best insurance policy. If we don't stand up for those in Congress who protect us, those who want to take away everything we've earned will be left to prevail. The enemies of the Postal Service and anti-labor forces who want to weaken or even abolish collective bargaining rights have their own allies, mostly corporations and wealthy individuals, with deep pockets. We cannot let our guard down, and we must play offense by building our defense of letter carrier allies. The political fund provides resources for get-out-the-vote efforts that reach out directly to union voters and help the candidates we support. Working in partnership with our sisters and brothers in the labor movement, Letter carriers reach out to engage union members to urge them to vote for pro-worker candidates and help them with needs such as registering to vote, finding their precincts, or voting by mail. With the continued domination of dark money, unlimited quantities that do not require reporting on source or origin, those of us in the union spaces are up against some tremendous forces. The LCPF helps us to level the playing field by investing in super PACs, that are aligned with letter carrier priorities in the House and Senate, particularly in presidential election years. All of these investments can happen only with the generous support of LCPF donors. 
The LCPF's power is only as great as its level of support. And right now, 88% of those reading this do not give. Imagine the influence if 88% of our members contributed to the LCPF. A union has power when we all stand together as one, NALC President Brian L. Renfro said. But more of us need to stand with the LCPF. The union needs many more of our members backing our political fund to make a real difference. To acknowledge those who support the LCPF, every donor is recognized each year in a special issue of the Postal Record. The list of donors who supported the LCPF in 2023 begins on page 30. The list includes the percentage of carriers from each branch and state that contribute and the per capita contribution. If you didn't give to the LCPF last year, please consider doing so this year. The amount you give isn't important. Getting as many carriers as possible to participate is the goal. Unity is our strength. The easiest way to support LCPF is to sign up for an automatic withdrawal of a small amount from your paycheck each pay period through Postal Ease. Most LCPF supporters use automatic payroll deductions. This is the easiest way, and it helps both the donor and LCPF by spreading the donations across the year with a few dollars taken out of each paycheck. This gives the LCPF a steady source of income and the ability to plan how to best use the funds. Both career carriers and city carrier assistants, CCAs, can sign up for LCPF donations through payroll deduction. CCAs must sign up again following a five-day break in service, and former CCAs who have converted to career status must sign up again following their conversion. Active or retired letter carriers also can easily arrange for automatic deductions from a bank account or for retired carriers from their annuities. NALC members have the option of making one-time contributions or supplementing their automatic deductions by writing a check to the letter carrier political fund. To sign up or to get more information on how to donate, visit NALC.org PIC or use one of the forms on the following pages. We have enormous untapped potential in our members, Renfro said. The sky is the limit and we need to reach higher. I urge every single member of NALC to support the LCPF this year so the union can support you even better. By making a contribution to the Letter Carrier Political Fund, you are doing so voluntarily with the understanding that your contribution is not a condition of membership in the National Association of Letter Carriers or of employment by the Postal Service, nor is it part of union dues. You have a right to refuse to contribute without any reprisal. The Letter Carrier Political Fund will use the money it receives to contribute to candidates for federal office and undertake other political spending as permitted by law. Your selection shall remain in full force and effect until canceled. Contributions to the Letter Carrier Political Fund are not deductible for federal income tax purposes. Federal law prohibits the Letter Carrier Political Fund from soliciting contributions from individuals who are not NALC members, executive and administrative staff, or their families. Any contribution received from such an individual will be refunded to that contributor. Federal law requires us to use our best efforts to collect and report the name, mailing address, occupation, and name of employer of individuals whose contributions exceed $200 per calendar year. Any guideline amount is merely a suggestion, and an individual is free to contribute more or less than the guideline suggests, and the union will not favor or disadvantage anyone by reason of the amount of his or her contribution or decision not to contribute. This is NALC President Brian Renfro. This is the audio version of my column from the February 2024 postal record entitled, Together, We Can Do Better. This month's magazine is devoted to the Letter Care Political Fund, NALC's Political Action Committee. It's a chance for us to thank LCPF contributors while educating NALC members on the importance of the LCPF and how critical it is to achieve victories in our legislative and political efforts for members. If you're a current Letter Care Political Fund contributor, I sincerely thank you. I appreciate your commitment to securing Letter Carrier's jobs and retirements for years to come. Your contribution ensures that Letter Carrier's voices are heard on Capitol Hill and beyond. We've had some recent legislative victories, most notably the enactment of the Postal Service Reform Act in 2022. We've maintained our reputation as a respected voice among federal lawmakers. Yet, despite our successes and powerful influence on Capitol Hill, many of our members will likely be surprised to learn that 88% of NALC members do not contribute to the Letter Care Political Fund. 
In some unions, 12% of members participating in anything is positive. I know, and every letter carrier reading this knows, that in our union, this is not the case. We are a union with 94% voluntary membership, a higher percentage than any other union. That's just a start. For many years, NELC members have been the most engaged and active group of union members in this country. Even at 12% participation in the Letter Care Political Fund, we are strong. We have a large pack. Our LCPF, combined with our efforts in Washington, D.C., and our equally important efforts by our members in every state have allowed us to fight off repeated attacks and pass legislation to benefit our members. But in NELC, we don't settle for where we are, and we don't ever accept that we can't get better. Having 88% of our members not participating in the Letter Care Political Fund creates a gigantic opportunity for us as a union. We have much to protect and much to accomplish. Together, we have a significant chance to grow and achieve our goals. So what are those goals? All active letter carriers want long-term job security, a positive collective bargaining environment, and good retirement benefits when our time comes. Retired letter carriers want their well-earned benefits protected. The more than 100,000 letter carriers who spent time as non-career employees want to be able to have their non-career time credited for retirement purposes. Our retirees who are negatively affected by the grossly unfair windfall elimination provision and the government pension offset want those provisions repealed so they get what they have worked for and earned. It takes legislation to make these goals a reality. The easiest step any NALC member can take towards strengthening our capacity to achieve these goals is to participate in the Letter Care Political Fund by making a small bi-weekly or monthly contribution. A little bit from a lot of people to create strength reflects the spirit of solidarity that is a big piece of the foundation of organized labor in America and the NALC. I know that 88% of NALC members have not made a conscious decision not to participate in the Letter Care Political Fund and in our legislative and political efforts. They haven't been asked. No one has given them the opportunity to participate. If you currently do not participate in the Letter Care Political Fund, you now have that opportunity. This magazine includes all the information you need to join your brothers and sisters in standing together to grow our influence. As letter carriers and federal employees, Congress initiates policies that affect our collective bargaining rights, health care, and retirement benefits, as well as the operations of the Postal Service. That's why the people elected to federal office matter and profoundly affect our jobs as letter carriers and our future as retirees. A strong letter care political fund allows us to work to elect pro-letter care candidates who will support the Social Security Fairness Act, H.R. 82 and S. 597, a bill that would repeal the windfall elimination provision and the government pension offset. The same is true for the Federal Retirement Fairness Act, H.R. 5995, a bill that would allow federal employees, including letter carriers, to buy back their time served in non-career positions, such as city carrier assistant, transitional employee or casual, making it creditable toward their service under the federal employee's retirement system. Increasing letter care political fund participation is key to making these goals a reality. Together, we can grow our influence and capacity to win for letter cares on Capitol Hill. By taking the simple step of making a small recurring contribution to the letter care political fund, we can rise together. When we look at virtually any point in our union's 135-year history, we see examples of the collective action and solidarity of NALC members growing together and achieving victories. 2024 is another opportunity for us to do just that by increasing participation in our PAC. Together we can and will do it.